Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You're way, way too kind. Can we, first of all, just take a moment to honor your amazing campus pastors who are fun, who are real, who are fresh, who are powerful, who are amazing. Just love them so much. And, uh, you know, God spoke to me very, very clearly because what, I, I, was, I was okay with moving. I was excited about coming to the United States of America. I was excited about coming to San Diego. But the one thing I said, God, like my best friend, I'm going to miss my best friend. And God said, anybody that leaves houses, lands, brothers, fathers, for my sake, will not fail receive a hundred times as much. He said, I've already gone ahead of you and had a beautiful best friend in Australia. His name was Michael. And, uh, and then I met a Matthew Hubbard over here, Dr. Matthew Hubbard. And he is as funny and as naughty and as generous. And he is, he is my Australian friend on steroids. And I just thought, God, you're just amazing. Like how you didn't have to. I would have moved and, you know, do the old suffering for Jesus. And he's like, no, we've got enough of those churches. We don't need any more suffering for Jesus churches. We need people that uh, see my good side. See my good side. Okay, just while I'm messing with some religious people. All right, let me just, let me explain something. Let me explain something. Let me explain. Exodus 33, Moses says to God, show me your glory. He has no freaking idea what he's asking. He's asking for the majesty of the universe to show him as if he could comprehend the glory of God, as if he could withstand it, as if he could stand in the glory and not consume him. But God is so benevolent. God says, you know, wow, okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. There's a place by me. There's a place by me. And you shall stand on the rock. And it's a powerful picture of Christ. Christ is the rock. He says, and I'm going to make my goodness of the billions of facets of God. God says, I'm going to choose one, one facet of me. I'm going to make my goodness pass before you. He says, and it'll come to pass that I'll pick you up and I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand as I pass by. So you're going to stand on the rock, Christ, but then I've got to put you in the cleft of the rock and then just my goodness passing by, I'm going to protect you from me because you're sinful and I'm holy and sin cannot stand in the presence of holy because holy demands judgment and justice. So God says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock cover you with my hand as I pass by. My face you won't see because you cannot see my face and live. Only my back. The Bible says from that encounter when, when, when he saw the goodness of God pass by, 
The Bible says he comes down and his face was glowing like a nightlight. And he was never the same again. So of all the things that God could have, of all the facets of God, to show in his glory, he shows his goodness. Shows his goodness. So I'm kind of feel like if it's good enough for God and it's good enough for Moses, it's good enough for your pastor. I want you to see and experience the goodness of God. As we clap, can we also honor these magnificent musicians and singers? Many of them, Ali Anderberg, Ben, were in Twisted. Can we thank the entire Twisted team, the production team? Ten sold-out shows, unbelievable, every single night. And then I'm just so grateful because my favorite song is, is Oh Holy Night. And it was in our night of Christmas and in Twisted the Musical. So I'm a very, very happy camper. Give someone a high five and say, man, I hope the preaching's as good as the worship. All right, I want you to fasten your seatbelt. Oh, the time has already started. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already on the clock. All right. Come with me in your Bibles through the book of Matthew. The book of Dr. Matthew, chapter 1. Dr. Matthew, chapter 1, verse 23. It says this, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us. We're in a brand new series at the moment. It's Christmas time, and so the the series that we're in is the God with us series. So tonight, the title of my message is the Emmanuel blueprint, the Emmanuel blueprint. It's not going to make sense when you just look at that, but it's going to make sense in a moment. Um, what, what, what I so love and so appreciate about you magnificent people is that on a Wednesday night after four shows of night of Christmas straight into you know, 10 shows of Twisted, the musical, the, the, you then are still hungry for the Word of God that should come out on a Wednesday night to lean in and, uh, and get some heavenly resource on the inside of you. We're about to jump into Genesis chapter 1. I love Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 is so powerful and it gives us this blueprint. So come with me now from the first book of the New Testament to the first book of the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to go right to the very beginning. In the beginning, it says that, well, in Genesis 1, 1, it says, In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Evening and the morning were the first day. Genesis chapter 1 is probably my favorite passage of Scripture because it is so rich. And I want to pull out from just what we read now a blueprint for your success. For your success. 
for your increase as beautiful Pastor Michaela shared that 2024 is indeed going to be 2020 more. 2023 was 2020 free. 2024 is going to be a year of 2020 more. You are blessed to be a blessing. Don't apologize for it. Don't resist it. Don't reject it. Accept it. Receive it. You, God wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. The, the Bible, the Bible is, is quite quite unlike any other, any other piece of literature because it is mathematically precise. It is impossible to write a book that is such mathematical precision. Every single word has an anatomical weight of, of numeric value that adds and is congruent divided by seven. It's just, it's insane. But you'll find there are patterns all the way through the Bible. And one of the patterns you're going to see that I want you to notice, but this is not for the message tonight, but I just want you to notice. The Bible says that God said, let there be light, and there was light. Then God said, let there be a firmament, and, and it was so. Then God said, let the waters above be separated from the waters beneath, and it was so. And then God said, let dry ground appear, and it was so. And then God said, let the earth bring forth trees and herbs and fruit plants and vines. And vi and it was so. And then God said, let the seas be gathered. And it was so. And then God said, let the t seas team with, and it was so. And then God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. You're the smartest people in San Diego because you've got this inkling. You've got this inclination. You've got this, man, I, I, I think I need something in my life that is certain, that is sure and has some power to it because it can speak those things that are not as though they are. It creates, it has creative power, it has transformational power, it has redeeming power because God said and it was so. That's why of all the things that Satan could attack in Genesis 3, he says, has God really said? You can divide the whole world up into two camps, those who believe God has said and those who question, has God said? That's the two camps. We want you to come into this camp, God has said. When the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus said, hey, listen, devil, God has said, it's written, we wrote it down. When you build your life on what God has said, it has power. It has power. So let's go back. In fact, what's so beautiful is that God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And then he saw that the light was good because everything that comes from God is good. It's impossible for God to produce bad. It's impossible for God to produce evil. Because everything reproduces after its own kind. That's why you want God. That's why religion is so wicked. Religion is so wicked. Because religion replaces God, substitutes God, counterfeits God. It says, no, you can, you can fake it. You can facade it. You can, if you do these things, if you, if you, if you, if you, and you miss out on the Word of God. So he we, we don't try to be religious. Jesus didn't die to make you religious. He died to make you his. So God, God, watch this. What God, God said, let there be light. And he saw that the light was good. And then the next verse says, and he called the light day. And the darkness he called night. So again, if you're reading your Bibles, which we encourage, download the, the, the app. Watch this. So God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. God said. But God didn't just say, he also calls, calls. I got three sons and, you know, we'd be going to the car somewhere and one of my kids would yell out, I call shotgun. 
I call, I call. And then, you know, if one of the others got in, Dad, Dad, you got to kick him out. I already called it. No, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. I called it. I, I called it. I called it. There's a pattern I want you to, to read in the Bible where God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so, but then God called it. He called the, the light day, the darkness. He called night. He called it the heavens. He called it the earth. He called it. God, God called it until it came to the animals. And then God says, let, let, let the, the earth produce beasts, cattle, and God doesn't call them. And God stops calling stuff. He calls all the heavenly stuff, but he doesn't call the earth stuff. And you're like, wow, why, why did God stop calling it? And then you read, aha, uh -huh. in Genesis chapter 2, God brings all the animals to Adam to see what Adam would, to see what Adam would. Because whatever you call, you rule over. Whatever you call, you're responsible for. So God is responsible for the heavens. He's responsible for the times. He's responsible for the sun, moon, and stars. He's responsible for the firmaments. He's responsible. He rules over those things. But the things that, that he gave Adam to, he withdraws his call. And he says, Adam, I want you to call it because you're going to be responsible for it. You're going to rule over it. That, that, that's why it's so important because it is as you say. Pontius Pilate says, you know, are you a king then? And she says, well, it is as you say. You call it. You call it because you're going to be responsible. I'm not sure what you're calling 2024 with. You know, I, I can already see people's brains. Oh, you know, yeah, at Awakened Church, they're calling 2024, 2020 more. Oh, just typical of that. Prosper. You know what? You, you, you stay miserable. You stay miserable. You, you know, no, no, you, you stay. I'm, I tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink a beautiful glass of wine, but I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you some vinegar. It comes from the same vines. Same vines. But if you want to be bitter and miserable, knock yourself out. There's no law that says that you have to believe the Bible. Anyway, all right, I'm, I'm in trouble. All right, so I say all of that's all free. Let's just, let's just have a look at this. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. Earth was without form, void, darkness on the face of the deep. Spirit of God hovering, face of the waters. And God says, let there be light. There was light. Number one, vision existed in the beginning. As you step into 2024, you need to understand that you and I are called to be like God. You and I are sons and daughters of God. The, 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 the great lie of the devil is if you do this, then you'll be just like God. The devil was so crafty, he made them reach for something they didn't need to possess something they already had. He made them reach for something they didn't need to grasp, something they already possessed. They were already like God. They already bore His image. They already bore His likeness. Our assignment in this world is to untangle the lies and the web and the deceit and the destructive patterns of the devil, get you off, get you off His lies and under the truth so that God's likeness begins to flow through you. So God, God creates the heavens and the earth before He turns the light on. In verse 3, He says, let there be light. Now, science and Scripture always go hand in hand. 
Bible and biology, because the same God that created the cosmos, the same God that created matter, the same God that created the animals, the same God that created the trees, all biology is the same God that spoke the word of God. There's no contradiction. Oh, you know, I don't believe in, I believe in science. Well, well done, Einstein. You're probably just a little bit behind if you don't believe in the Bible, but don't worry, you'll catch up. You're just probably a little wet behind the ears, a little bit slow. Science always confirms scripture. Bible always confirms biology. Biology always confirms Bible. So God, God says, let there be light in verse 3. We know from biology that for the human eye to see, light must be present. For the human eye to see, light must be present. Yet God doesn't turn the lights on until verse 3, but in verse 1, He's already created the heavens and the earth. He, he created in the dark. He created in the dark. That's called Vision. Vision is seeing in the dark. Sight is seeing when light is present. When light is present, the eye has sight. Vision is what I see when I close my eyes. Vision is what I see in the dark. When I, what I see in the difficult, what I see in the impossible. Can I just tell you, in this house, we have a Vision Sunday. And on Vision Sunday, we don't tell you the vision of the church because it's real simple. Impact the city. Kick the devil out, bring Jesus. It's, it's not that hard. But we do Vision Sunday differently here because we want you to bring your vision. You know, there's a, there's a, ter there's a terrible saying, but it's so true. In the land of the blind, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. I know so many pastors that love to have a blind, visionless congregation so that their one-eyed self can lead them because they're the only ones with vision. I'd rather lead people with vision, lead people who are innovators, lead people who are dreamers, lead visionaries, entrepreneurs, world changers. I don't need to blind you so that you'll... you'll you got nowhere else to go but my leadership. No, I want to empower people to come and bring their dreams, to, to, to dream big, to be inspired. The language of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams. So we want you to have vision. So when Vision Sunday comes around, now Vision Sunday is going to come around, but before Vision Sunday, there's going to be Shredder Sunday. You want to get, because you don't want anything blocking the vision. So get rid of the junk in the trunk. Get, get rid of the compromises, get rid of, you know, the name Lot, Abraham took Lot with him. And the Bible says this in Genesis 13, you can read it and miss it. It says, and finally there was strife between Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. So Abraham lifted up his eyes and he said, listen, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. And the Bible says, Lot saw the well-watered plains of Jordan. He chose that and they separated. When they separated, it says, the word of the Lord came to Abraham and he says to Abraham, now lift up your eyes and see, northward, southward, eastward, for all the land that you see, I'm giving to you. The name Lot means veil. Abraham's vision was what veiled while he was in compromise. Whatever, whatever the devil has sold you, whatever bill of goods, he says, shh, keep this little stash of sin Hide it under your bed. Shh, don't tell anybody about it. It's just. 
He's not doing that because it's enhancing your life. He's doing that because he knows he can blind you because you can't see where compromise is present. So you want to be somebody that on Shredder Sunday, shred every, just shred, just go, or just determine 2024. You know what, devil? I'm beginning 2024 by giving God more than I've ever given to him of myself. I'm giving him my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, my time, my talent, my treasure. 2024, I'm starting with giving him more and you watch him reciprocate. So God wants you to have vision. God wants you to have vision. When you have vision, it's, 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 it's a powerful thing because the Holy Ghost will confirm it, but no one else is there. The, the Bible says there was only God and the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is hovering in the darkness, in the void, in the formless. He's, he's, he's hovering there, and God just is, and God just is creating. Because if you don't see it, in the invisible, you won't see it in the visible. If you don't see it here, you'll never see it here. If Steve Jobs didn't see this here, we wouldn't see it here. If Elon Musk didn't see the Tesla here, we wouldn't see it here. In 1906, when People did a survey, and they wanted faster horses. Had Henry Ford not seen the motor car, we wouldn't have the motor car. Because he saw it here, it, we now see it here. Everything moves in the kingdom from the invisible to the visible. God gave you an imagination. Christians either A, reject imagination as evil because the devil can hijack it or B, don't, don't know the power of their imagination so let the devil hijack it with lusts and all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, your, your imagination has incredible power and it is, it is actually the seedbed for the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Well, how do I know whether it's just a fantasy? How do I know? Well, it's very, very simple. If the Word of God inspires it because God watches over His Word to perform it. So when I came to San Diego, I came to just to be obedient to start a church and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says one church four locations I'm like dear Jesus I'm just happy with one church in one location are you kidding me but every time I closed my eyes I saw a baseball diamond and God said this is the strategy I haven't sent you here just to have a church I've sent you here to impact a city so what I'm putting right in front of you is this baseball diamond so that no matter where anybody lives in San Diego they're going to be no more than 15 to 20 minute drive from a life giving miracle believer supernatural releasing house of God. So I had to see it here before we could see it here. So in 2024, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit wants to speak words into your heart to cause you to see in the invisible so that it becomes in your visible future. Can somebody say amen? So that's the first thing. So we see God does everything with vision. Number two, Recognize the need to partner with the Holy Spirit. Recognize the need to partner with the Holy Spirit. I cannot for the life of me understand why there are churches that don't want the Holy Spirit. For the life of me. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Spirit of God is hovering. He's hovering over the face of the waters. 
Why? Because he's waiting. What's he waiting on? The word. The Holy Spirit was in San Diego long before Awaken Church, long before we were C3. He was hovering, and he's very patient. He was just waiting. He was just waiting. He's believing because he's faith. He's God. He's like, one day, someone will come, and they might be the son of an atheist. They might not have grown up in religion and been told what God doesn't do anymore. They might not believe that God doesn't heal anymore and God doesn't need miracles because now we've got doctors and technology. This, this kid will get saved on a beach when he's 18 years old. He won't know any better, but he'll just believe my word because it will change his life. And he'll come and he'll speak the word. And finally, I can activate the word. The Holy Spirit is waiting to activate the word. The Holy Spirit confirms the word. The Bible says he confirms the word with signs and wonders following. You, you, you want to partner with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. The disciples are losing their mind. They're like, how's that advantageous? You're going to go. He's like, yeah, duh. Unless I go, I can't tag. You're it. He says, I came as the word, but the word is going to sit down because the word's gone out and the Holy Ghost confirms the word. And so I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And he's going to remind you. He's the spirit of truth. He's going to lead you into all truth. But he's power. When he comes, he's going to show you that, that it's not just the word for a sermon. It's the word to bring power. He'll confirm the word. He'll back that word up. He'll bring power behind the word of God. So it brings transformation. You want to partner with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit is in the dark? The Bible says in the dark dark and in the formless and in the void. When it was dark, when it was chaotic, when it was in disorder, guess who was there? Holy Ghost. Well, you don't understand, Pastor, I just got saved. Guess what? The Holy Ghost is standing in your dark. He's standing in your chaos. He's standing in your dysfunction. He's standing in your addiction. He's standing in your broken. He's standing in your formless and he's standing in your void. And he's waiting for you to get a hold of the Word of God and begin to speak the Word of God and start declaring the Word of God over your 2024 because he, he and the Father and the whole and Jesus Christ are one. They work in together. There's no division. There's only unity between them. He's waiting for the word of God to come forth. He's waiting for you to speak the word of God. He's your helper. He's your helper. Can I just encourage you? 2024, do this more. Speak in tongues. If you don't yet speak in tongues tonight, you're going to get the chance. But I am telling you, the greatest thing, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now we're in an upper room in one court, in one place, and bam, the Holy Ghost fell and shakityarama, they began to speak in languages they never learned. So the, the, the natural mind is like, why, how, how, how does it help me? I'm speaking words. I've got no idea what I'm saying. Exactly. Hang on, no, no, that was a question. How does it help me to speak words I don't understand? So you don't get in the way. Because you talk yourself out of every miracle. If you understood what the Holy Ghost is praying, I would have interrupted him. I would have. Rachie Finn, I would have interrupted him. When the Holy Ghost is like, he's praying on, the, on behalf of the Father. And he's like, look, he's already done four. Let's give him 16 campuses. I would have said, whoa, 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 what are you? I can't. You got the wrong, I would have interrupted. The amount of, 
miracles in my life that would have never come to pass if I understood what. That's why pray, pray in tongues. I pray in tongues and sometimes I look at the Holy Ghost and he's kind of got this. I'm like, what are you up to now? It's like, nothing. I'm like, yes, you are. But it's so exciting. Do you know the Bible says he who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men. Oh, you got to interpret what you're saying. Yeah, if I'm talking in front of the whole congregation, say, hey, guys, I've got a word, and then I need to interpret. But if I'm in a prayer meeting or I'm just praying in tongues, I don't have to interpret any of your beeswax. The Bible says he who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but speaks to God. Indeed, with his spirit, with his spirit, it utters mysteries. He utters mysteries. It's a mystery how I got somebody as magnificent as Leanne to say yes on a wedding day. What's even more of a mystery is how after 31 years, she's still married to me. What's an even greater mystery is that she's still in love with me after 31 years. What's a greater mystery is that this kid who couldn't organize a booze up in a brewery is now leading eight campuses and a night of Christmas, not on one night, on two nights, four shows. Like I just, I'm not that good. It's a mystery to me. I can't, but then I realize the mystery between how I, how I can go from here to what I've dreamed in my heart, what I sometimes didn't even dare believe. How, how do I make that, that leap where it's a mystery? Oh, the mystery is the realm. That's the dimension of the Holy Ghost. When you pray in tongues, you're not praying to men. You're speaking to God with your spirit. You're uttering mysteries. The mystery is that X factor, is that gap. How am I going to pay? my house? How am I going to buy a house? How are we going to have a baby? How am I ever going to get married? How is God going to pr- provide? How is his debt going to be canceled? Well, maybe a mystery to you is just simple for the Holy Ghost. But if you don't give him any time, if you don't give him any room, the greatest partner, my God, the greatest partner you can partner with is the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, he speaks mysteries through you. Number three, number three, faith existed. God, God does, God operates in vision. He partners with the Holy Spirit and he operates in faith. In when everything was dark and formless and void, God said, let there be light. Let there be light. There was no light. If you read your Bibles, which we encourage, right, Samuel? That's the rain. See, even, the, even heaven is amening my word. God does not create the sun till the fourth day. God said, let there be light on day one. But then he waits three days. Waits three days till he creates the sun. So he says, let there be light on day one, and then he waits three days. Dies on a cross, and then he waits three days. And then the glory does the impossible. God said, let there be light. And they're like, you're going to create a sun? Yeah, not today. I'll wait three days, three days later. He creates a sun because God wants everybody to know I don't need no help. My word has power. My word never returns to me void. It always accomplishes. Whenever I 
Whenever I send it out, it, it always accomplishes. It always accomplishes that for which I send it. When he sends out the word of God, that's why the devil wants to put fear. He wants to put doubt. He wants to put hopeless. He wants to put negativity. He knows if he can get a hold of your tongue, he can derail your life. Don't let the devil have your tongue. Make a decision, 2024. Devil, I'm, I'm backing up from you and I'm going to give God more of my words, more of my confession. God speaks those things that aren't as though they are. He said, let there be light and light was. Number four, number four, discernment existed in the beginning. The next thing that God does, because, you know, I've, I've always heard this preach, and it preaches good. It's not true, but it preaches good. And when God said, let there be light, the darkness ran. When God said, let there be light, the darkness fled. That's not what the Bible says. It says, when God said, let there be light, there was light. And then the next verse says, and God had to separate the light from the dark. So the darkness was still there. It was just mixed. Darkness and light cannot mix. Well, you need to read your Bible, Einstein. It says that God had to separate them because they mixed. But you can only separate light particles from dark matter when you can discern between the two because it's so minute. I've lost so much money, made so many poor decisions because I didn't assess the situation through the light of God's Word. God said, let there be light. He saw that the light was good. And then when the light was present, He was now able to separate light from darkness, good from evil, right from wrong. The world has been trying to put away the Bible and then tell you that right is wrong and wrong is right. When you look through the lens of the Word of God, it will guide you. It'll keep you. It'll correct you. It'll comfort you. It will never harm you. It will never let you down. You, it will save you again and again and again and again. My favorite, my favorite Christmas story, my favorite Christmas story is a story known as the Tale of Three Trees. Tale of Three Trees. And it goes like this, that there was a woodcutter sharpening his axe sharpening his axe to chop down a tree. And there were these three trees deep in the forest, high in a hill. And they'd grown up together just from little tiny acorns to now these beautiful big trees. And one tree says to the other one, he says, hey, you know, when you, when you get chopped down, when you get chopped down and you give your wood, well, well, what, what do you want to become? And the first tree says, oh, he says, I want to become, my dream is I want to become a treasure chest. I, I, I want to become, I want to hold the world's most precious jewels, like the, the gold and the diamonds and the most dazzling sapphires and opals and tope, the, the finest treasures of the earth. I want to, I want to hold them. And the tree, wow, that, what about you? And the tree on this side says, oh man. He says, when I get chopped down, I want my wood to make a giant ship. A ship that, that, that sails the seas, the roughest waters. And, that I, and I'll carry kings and, and nobles and merchants who, who deal with commerce and transactions. Who, and I, I carry them from port to port safely. I want to be this, this giant ship. And they said to the one in the middle, well, what do you want to be? And he says, well, if I was honest with you, I, I never want to get chopped down. I just want to stay up here on this hill and I want to shoot my branches high into the air and, 
Whenever anybody looks at me, I want them to, to know that I'm pointing to God. They're like, oh, well, Axeman comes up, woodcutter, and he looks at the first tree and he chops down the tree, sells the wood. Instead of them taking that wood and making a treasure chest, they actually make it, a, make it a feeding trough for animals and they fill it with hay. And all these animals come up and just eat the hay out of it and put their saliva in it. And a little tree goes, oh, I guess dreams don't come to pass. About a year passes and the same woodcutter comes up and sees this tree here and he chops this tree down, takes the wood down and instead of making it a giant ship, they make it a fishing boat, fishing boat. Instead of him being on these giant seas, he's on this, they call it a sea, but it really looks more like a lake. And they fill, instead of with kings and nobles and merchants dressed in fine apparel, they fill it with dead, smelly fish, smelly fish. A couple of years pass and the woodcutter comes up again. And the tree's standing, he's, he's, he's trying to stand as tall as he can. He's like, no, no, choose somebody else, not me. The tree, the woodcutter's got his axe and he just kind of looks at him and says, well, you know, really, any tree will do. What about this one? No, no, no. Chops this tree down. They take the wood down to the lumber yard and they make it into two beams and they just leave it in the lumber yard. And the tree thinks, wow, my dream got cut down. The other two think, well, dreams never come to pass. Years pass, years later. There's all this commotion in a town. And all of a sudden, there's, there's this noise. And here comes this, this teenage girl. She, she comes in, and her waters have broken. And they're, and they're panicking. And she begins to go into labor. And she brings forth a little baby boy. And her husband has nowhere to lay him, so he has to sweep out the, the hay and the saliva. And they wrap this little baby in swaddling cloths. And they put him in the feeding trough. We sing a song called Away in a Manger because that's what a feeding trough is. And all of a sudden, that tree realizes he's holding the greatest treasure the earth has ever seen. 30 years later, this little fishing boat, he's, he's kind of been doing his job just fishing smelly fish. One day, somebody gets in, different kind of looking guy, doesn't look like a fisherman. He gets in the boat and he must be tired because he falls asleep on the stern on the front of the boat. There's a storm coming. The little, the little boat's doing his best. But the waves and the wind are so boisterous and the water's going. So now the fishermen begin to panic and the little boat thinks it's, it's, it's all over. It's all over. My dream of carrying kings, my dreams of carrying nobles, my dreams of carrying merchants, it's, it's going to be tonight. It's all going to be sunk to the bottom of when all of a sudden the man at the front of the boat stands up and says, peace, be still. And immediately the wind and the waves calm him. And then the fishing boat realizes, my God, my God, my God. I don't just have a king. I have the king of kings. I have the king of heaven in my boat. And they get to the other side. Three years later, this king of heaven is now sentenced to crucifixion. They go down to the lumber yard and there's the two pieces of wood. They bring the first and they carry it up and they put it there beside a hole in the ground. The second, the horizontal beam, 
they put on this man's back and he carries it to the top of the hill where they nail him to that piece of wood and he gives his life on that piece of wood they take him down they put him in a tomb tens of thousands of people were crucified under Roman execution but only one person got up out of the grave on the third day and now when anybody looks at that word it points to heaven they realize what heaven has done see my friend you may be here tonight and the devil's whispering to you saying you once had a dream pastor Jurgen's talking about vision he's talking about dreams yeah how did that work out for you didn't work out too well you lost your home you lost your first marriage you lost your friend the devil's a liar just let Jesus Christ Jesus Jesus goes into the most ordinary feeding trough and it becomes the greatest treasure chest. He goes into a fishing boat and becomes the mightiest boat in the ocean. He hangs on a piece of wood, an instrument of death. And everybody that looks at that wood, instead of experiencing death, are delivered from death and have everlasting life. Jesus is the missing factor. Jesus is the missing factor. Jesus is the Emmanuel blueprint. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. I want to do two things. I want to pray for people. Number one, to receive Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight. You've never let Jesus into your life. You may say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm quite religious. I, you know, Dr. Matt talked about, you know, people coming. I come at Easter and I come at Christmas. I want to do, and that's, that's awesome. That's not a bad thing. Like, that's not bad. But why settle there? Religion is a poor substitute for the reality that is in God. Let Jesus into your boat. Let Jesus into your life. When Jesus came into my life, honestly, I was the son of an atheist. My life was a mess. All I knew is I was empty. And so I would use and abuse, use and abuse, whether it was people, whether it was drugs, whether it was alcohol, I would use and abuse to try and fill the void, but it would never be filled until Jesus came in and gave me life. So would you just close your eyes and bow your head if you're saying, Pastor, that's what I need tonight. I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to see your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you up there. Thank you. 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 Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many hands in this section. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's thank you. Thank you. So many hands. Thank you. Who else is there? Is there somebody else? Somebody else. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there somebody else? Somebody over here. Thank you. Anybody else? I am getting very close to being out of time, but I want to wait just 10 more seconds. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many hands. So many hands. So many hands. Can we do this just for time's sake? Would it be okay? Those of you that raise your hands, would you do something just a little bit courageous? Would you grab a friend, somebody that you're, you're sitting with, and would you come and meet me? I'm actually going to get down off this stage. I'm going to stand down here, and I want to shake your hand. I want to pray for you personally tonight. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.